The Cure with Amy Cabo. Life can bring many difficult situations. Domestic violence, addictions, poverty, and even sexual abuse by your loved ones. Welcome, Amy Cabo and The Cure. Good afternoon and welcome to The Cure. I'm your host, Amy Cabo, joined by Boris. This is how we do. Our show is available on the radio through our app called The Cure or on our website, GodIsTheCure.com. We are broadcasting to your radio live from Miami via satellite. Also on Facebook, search for God is the Cure. Please click on send message and send us a question or comment. We would love to hear from you. This show deals with the suffering and the tenacity of the human spirit, the will to survive, and the courage to keep moving forward, despite any obstacle with the help of God and each other. We do provide testimonials to let people know that they are not alone, and in this show, the testimony started with me, having been a survivor from child abuse well into young adulthood. We also have professionals in the medical field and inspirational speakers that are willing to help and give valuable information because education is key, transparency is needed, and I believe we can be there for each other. As for me, my healing came from God, but other forms of healing are presented as well to service everyone. Life can be very challenging, but always know that we're not alone. And I don't mean aliens. <laughs> no, you don't? <laughs> no aliens. That was, I feel like I'm drowning by two feet. The enemy is constantly dark scheming. He is a poison that he, he is a poison that he, that's the truth. He's so vicious and his friends find it suspicious. You can feel like you're drowning as I have, but rest assured, God is the best lifeguard there is. There is so many evils in this world, and it manifests in people who target the vulnerable. But at the same time, God sends his people, of which can be angels, in the times of need. Today's show will focus on finding the light despite sexual violence. And today's special guest is Robert Udaro. Robert Utaro is a rape crisis counselor, public educator, and author of the book To the Survivors, One Man's Journey as a Rape Crisis Counselor with True Stories of Sexual Violence. Robert, thank you for being on the show. We are now live on The Cure. Robert, do you hear us? Thank you so much for having me. Very good. Thank you. <clears throat> Robert, how often do you help people who have gone through something so tra traumatic as a rape? 
Well, before I answer your question, I again just want to thank you for having me, and I just want to say to you and to your listeners, um, if anyone out there is um, suffering in any way, uh, having issues with this interview, because some heavy things may come out, um, I just ask them to take care of themselves, to reach out for help, um, you know, do something that finds them, uh, gives them peace, whether that's, you know, music or art or cooking or exercising, prayer, of course, um, anything they can do to help themselves so that they're not alone, as you said earlier, um, listening to this and even after. Um, how often do I do this? It's kind of a daily thing. Um, with the work that I do, people can disclose to me at any time. They can talk, talk to me in um, personal life. I might get a random email um, here and there. Uh, there's also many days I go without actually, you know, having deep conversations with people about sexual violence. But um, part of my outreach work is trying to get my book out there as well. So it's, it's a, a constant work that essentially never ends. Um, but I always want to be available to anyone uh, who may um, need anything from me if I can help them. That's, that's really great, Robert. It's a great thing that there's people like you. And how prominent is it the, these days, do you know? When we talk about sexual violence, um, you know, and I read your book. Your book was very moving, as you know. Um, there are way too many people who are abused, way too many children, and it's it's the least reported violent crime. So it's it's a crime in in, in secrecy so much. Um, so no one truly knows the numbers. Uh, God knows, of course, but um, it is what I believe is more prevalent than we can fathom. And what happens sometimes is people start to open up. They may come to me. They may go to someone else, um, and then they start to feel a little more comfortable, and then sometimes they share their story, and then someone else hears it, and then that gives them some freedom, some strength. Uh, they're moved to then share their story. People start to disclose. It's like a, it's like a chain reaction. Um, there are way too many men, women, and children uh, who are sexually violated. I believe it's probably more prominent than we think, or at least that, it, that it's reported. And now with the Me Too movement, women are feeling more empowered that they believe they can be believed and they can be heard because one of the things, one of the problems is that women do not believe that they're credible because of what they've been through or they, or they blame themselves. And um, unfortunately, the silence is what gives it power, is what gives it strength. So the more reason we should speak out more often, those of us who can. And, and the, the, there are reasons, and justified reasons, why people don't come forward. There's reasons why people don't tell family members, why they don't tell friends, why they don't tell uh, the police. Um, and also, sadly, so many people that do come forward, um, unfortunately, are not treated the way they should be. Um, people suffer with a self-blame. People are also blamed for uh, being assaulted, being raped, when it's not their fault, uh, ever. So there, there's part of my work that I do is also trying my best to educate people on the realities of sexual violence, but also how to, how to respond to it. How do we respond if uh, someone comes to you and, and actually opens up about this? Because we have to be compassionate. We have to be uh, welcoming and gentle. And we need to be supportive. And if we're not, people will suffer with this inside alone. And that's what way too many people do. 
I know that from personal experience, one of the people, uh, the reason I wouldn't tell anybody is because there's this stigma that if people know that you've been through a lot or that you've suffered a lot, that you're broken or there's something wrong with you or you, you just get judged in some way. And it's unfortunate. I wish that I, I don't believe in judging, for example, and I wish there would be less of that. What do you believe is people, what do you believe that people are struggling with the most after being raped or sexually assaulted? In my experience, there are many um, mental, emotional, physical, spiritual issues that result uh, uh, from sexual violence, um, anger, depression, abuse, self-harm. But to me, the deepest issue um, is shame. People are shrouded in shame. They are they have shame in their soul. They sadly believe that they are uh, dirty people, awful people. That they're that God doesn't exist. That they're abandoned by God because these things happen. Um, none of these things are true. Um, but if you have shame, if you suffer with shame, th- to me, there's deserved shame and undeserved shame. So if you you know do something wrong, that essentially you should feel shameful about or guilty, and you know. Admit you're wrong, confess your sin if it's sin, and right. hopefully move forward. Um, there's this undeserved shame that people suffer with as a result of sexual violence, other forms of violence and trauma, um, and that if you have shame, you inevitably will have um, certain health health issues. And I think that is so deeply ingrained in the work that I do in survivor sexual violence. If I could play any role, a slight role in, in alleviating any of that shame then that is a blessing and i will continue to do that it can be it can be debilitating because shame leads to self-loathing to self-sabotage and depression and those things can be very um dangerous because it could lead to suicide and i I think what i struggled most was self-loathing um but Let's talk about victim blaming and the effects that it can have on rape survivors. What can, sure. What's your I mean, take on you that? Think it, oh, sorry, I'm sorry. Go ahead, go ahead. No, I was going to say, if you think of, you know, imagine um, something in your life, something uh, you're excited about, or really something, you know, the worst thing in your life, and you tell someone else, and they don't even believe you, think about how you would feel. Or if they do, you know, maybe they believe you, but they blame you for it. Say you did something wrong and and it really wasn't, or not even you did something wrong, I'm sorry. Say something happened to you bad, something bad happened to you, and someone's blaming you for it. Think of what that really does to a person, like I said, even children. Um, It has severely damaging effects, severely damaging effects. It, It only, there's essentially, you know, you can go down a path of healing or a path of destruction, um, and you can still go down a path of destruction and go towards healing. And the victim blaming is only hurting people. Nothing good comes out of it. So what someone wears is not the reason why someone got raped, or what they wear or don't wear. What someone or even or, or even or even how they behave if they've been drunk. Right. We will return exactly. in a few minutes with Robert. This is the Cure. I'm Amy Cabo. Please stay with us.
with Amy Cabell and The Cure. Life can bring many difficult situations. Domestic violence, addictions, poverty, and even sexual abuse by your loved ones. The issue is not stay there, but to overcome all obstacles and show that with the love of God, your husband, and your family, you can succeed. Love is the answer, God is the cure, reveals Amy Cabo's life. A warrior who didn't give up and achieved the dream of her life. You can get to know more about her and her story on GodIsTheCure.com or buying her book on Amazon.com. continue with Amy Cabo and The Cure. Welcome back to the show. For those tuning in, I'm Amy Cabo and this is The Cure. We're live on your radio, also on Facebook. Later on the show will be podcast. Just search for The Cure or download the app The Cure. That was I Don't Want to Be You Anymore by Billie Eilish. I remember when I couldn't shake the hurt, mostly over the mistakes I have made. But only God knew the way that I break. It was he who led me to a place of healing just at the right time. We are talking to Robert Utaro about overcoming sexual violence. Robert, can you talk about some of the healing you have seen in your work? I'm sorry, could you repeat that one more time, please? Well, last that we spoke, we were speaking about that nobody should be blamed not for the way that mm -hmm. they dress, not for the way that they behave if they've been drinking. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. once the damage is done, it could be very difficult. But mm -hmm. I wanted to talk about some of the healing that you have seen in your work. There are, it's such a, such a difficult crime to deal with, and it's very difficult for people to talk about. And I believe healing comes in different forms, and there's different levels of growth. And some of the healing I see is people that suffer so long inside, and they feel comfortable sharing with me. They open up. Um, I see, and specifically um, in my book, there's a combination of different stories. And one of the stories is a, a man named Jim. Uh, Jim was raped by a priest, and he has suffered for years. And he um, came to my home, opened up. We interviewed, I interviewed with him, we talked for the book, and then he was in a male support group, and he um, asked other guys in his group if they would be willing to talk with me to contribute to the book as well. Two men uh, agreed, and they ultimately came into the book. And one of the men, uh, his name is Don, and he, that was his first time ever sharing, like opening up in detail about what really happened to him as a child. He was raped by his uncle. Um, I've just seen him continually grow in his life. Um, he's an alcoholic who's been sober for many, many, many years. And he is just more comfortable speaking about things, trusting things. Um, I deal with, I'm working with, you know, plenty of different people. And uh, one woman that comes to mind specifically is a woman who, you know, again, uh, doesn't share anything, but then is able to speak, is able to write in detail about it. Um, she's giving more details as they come. 
And I gave her a pair of rosary beads once, and, you know, she wasn't as prayerful as before, but she's holding those rosary beads. She's, she's talking to God a little more. Um, there's a process, even though she might not even think she's in a process, even though she doesn't think she's healing. She's, she's continuing to make these steps. So there's, there's many people, you know, people that can get out of addiction and people that are getting out of suicidal thoughts and people that are starting to get, you know, have some self-esteem. Um, and realizing uh, that they're not to blame. That's one of the, the beautiful gifts of this. If people can realize they're not to blame for this, it's not their fault that this happened. Um, and sadly, there's also setbacks in life. There's many trials that come. People get set back, and they're in a very dark place. But then to see them come out of it again uh, is beautiful to witness. And so, so, your, bu- so your book is very insightful to the very many different forms of healing. But I'm glad that you mentioned the rosary, because I, I've said on the radio before, and I've said it's been very wonderful that God gave me my husband and the love that he has for me. And plenty of people have asked me, what's the pivotal point where you finally found a place of healing? And it, it's not uh, a, a therapist. It's not somebody who knew what to do. It wasn't the love of my husband, because I remember having it all and feeling very lonely and very sad. It just happens to be that I was going through Facebook and this rosary video came up and I realized I wasn't praying every day like I used to, but this rosary has song and story and it has nice things in between and there's music in the background and there's a a man and and, and a woman uh, praying it. So they're keeping you company and it's very passive. You could say it in your mind. How hard could that be? So I thought, not a bad idea to do this, and I thought I'd do it every day. And before you knew it, I grew closer and closer to God. And my whole world changed. And God has a special way of reaching out to you, one way or the other, whether it's through someone or through a person, or uh, there's, there's so many different ways. And I'm glad that your book details that. So many different ways that people can heal. What might work for one person may not work for others. But God provides Absolutely. many different ways. Absolutely. And what's, what's I mean, one of the worst parts about this is how it really does shatter people's faith. Complete disbelief. And again, they think they're, you know, abandoned by God. God doesn't love them. God won't accept them. Um, and these are lies. These are not, this is not true. So, and you can come to God at any time, you know, even in addiction, even, you know, severely depressed. And what you were saying earlier about the self-loathing, how could you not, given what you experience, right? How could you not? And, um, and if you can go to God, that God is always there to be with you and to listen to you and to strengthen you, heal you. Jesus speaks about that in the Bible. Um, so to me, if like, I, I'm very big on trying to teach people even about suicide. And this does, as you said earlier, lead people to suicide. What I, one of the most important things, if I could ever teach anyone, anything is please don't kill yourself. Stay alive. Even if you're an addict, stay alive. Because once you're alive, if you're alive, there's still a chance. If you kill yourself, you're, that's it. It's over. You killed, you took your own life. But if you can stay alive, there is a chance. And, and this this earth, this world, the pain on this in this world, it's temporary. It's not forever. 
And we live in a, in a very dark world. There's a lot of pain in this. Sexual violence is prevalent. It's happening all over the world. But it does not have to cripple people, even though, as you said earlier, it does. Of course it does. It doesn't have to. You're living proof of that. And we need to help people to get there. Well, if you're alive, there's hope. But it took me a long time, and it took me prayer, and it took me doing the right thing to realize that there's always hope if you're alive. I, I, always, I always thought that way. It's, it's always been, you know, I, I just, um, it just comes to me, and I realize it. It's, it's been the pivotal point of my life. That's beautiful, and you share that with others. It's beautiful. Yes, I mean, I remember a time where I was very miserable, but then I realized that it was, I call him pickpocket, the devil, pickpocket. It was him lying to me. It wasn't me that was broken, believing negative things. It was him getting me to believe negative things. And as long as, as soon as I knew that I had God on my side, I was able to fight it. Thank you so much, Robert, for being on the show. For more information on Robert and his book, To the Survivors, can be found on God is the Cure under the guests. Thank you so much, Robert. You're a wonderful, wonderful Amy. person. Oh, thank you. Thanks to God. Thank you so much, Amy. I really appreciate it. Um, it's a blessing to talk with you. And like I said, if anyone out there is listening, if you need help, reach out for help. God is with you always. You're never alone, even if you don't believe in God. Even if you do not believe in God, you are loved by God. Thank and you even so if you don't feel him, he's always working. Thank you, and God bless. Amen.